0: Are you looking to connect with a diverse audience of developers? Look no further. You can partner with us here at the Code Newbie podcast, and we'll help get your message out to our incredible listeners in an ad just like this one, led by me, your host. Contact us by emailing sponsors at codenewbie.org. Welcome to the Code Newbie Podcast, where we talk to people on their coding journey in the hopes of helping you on yours. I'm your host, Saran, and before we kick off the show, I want to tell you about our incredible sponsors. Today on the show, I'm so excited to have Program Manager at Microsoft, Dara Ake. Dara, you want to say hi?
1: Hello, thanks so much for having me on this podcast.
0: Thanks for being on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you because we have you know, a large number of people in our community who are very fascinated and very interested in internships. And it's pretty hard, we found, to get a tech internship if you're not a college student. And you have done quite a number of them at some pretty awesome places like Intel and Microsoft and Twitter. And so I'm really excited to kind of get the, the inside scoop of what it's like to be a tech intern. You ready? Yep. So let's start, uh, I guess, with just your background a little bit. How did you get into tech?
1: So I got into tech at a fairly young age. Um, I've told this story often, and it makes me laugh every time I actually started programming because of Neopets. Um, <laughs> so I got into tech with more of a web development, web design background, um, and then ended up going to the University of Texas at Austin to study computer science. Um, and that's when I really, really got into programming and such.
0: So when you were programming Neopets, what kind of stuff were you doing?
1: Um, So it was just a lot of working with HTML and CSS to make layouts for these things called guilds and shops. Um, and then I ended up running a resource site where people could get um like graphics and, you know, code snippets um, and things like that so that they could do their, you know, do the same thing I was doing. Um, and this was all during like middle school age.
0: Awesome. I think that Neopets is probably one of the most popular ways that guests on this show have gotten into code. So you are not alone in that.
1: I know. I need to start a club for uh, neopet veterans who are now software engineers.
0: So you have a computer science degree. You actually graduated, was it a year ago? Yep, a year ago. What led you to actually getting that computer science degree versus kind of doing something else and then just kind of coding on the side?
1: Yeah, so I always knew that um, if there was anything I could spend the rest of my life doing, it would be, you know, working with innovation and working in the space of technology. Um, And so I've always been a very, you know, technical thinker. Math was my forte. So computer science just seemed like a great fit. And although it was a hard degree to get, everyone knows computer science can be challenging. The reward being getting to work in engineering was far greater than the four years of struggle.
0: Yeah. And a big part of the CS degree from what I've read and what I've heard is the internships. How many internships have you had in your, well, I guess how many internships have you had?
1: Yeah, so I interned four times in three years. Wow, um, and that's the reason a lot. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. Um, so I had three summer internships and then a spring winter internship. Um, so that was a little bit unconventional, but yeah, four internships.
0: Wow. So why so many?
1: Yeah. So I just really wanted to get a diversity of experiences. And it's not, you know, if I look at it, you know, in retrospect, it looks like, you know, it was very intentional and, you know, it all makes sense. Um, But like just starting freshman year, I really just wanted to land a freshman internship. So that was my goal. My freshman year was to get that internship um, that summer because I knew it would make the rest of my, you know, the next internship much easier to get. Um, so that's where I started. So it wasn't, uh, that I was looking at it as a freshman, very intentional. Like I want four internships before I graduate. Um, I just wanted to get that first step and get my foot in the door. Um, and then you were excited. Exactly. I was excited and I really wanted to get that concrete experience, um, because it's very hard for freshmen and sophomores to get internships because a lot of companies want experience. Um, and at that early age, most people don't have the experience, so Once you get that person to give you that first opportunity, you're kind of set up for success after that.
0: Mm. So is that normal for tech internships to start at freshman year?
1: At my um, stage, so four years ago, it wasn't that normal. But now that tech and tech internships are becoming a lot more prevalent, a lot of the bigger companies are having opportunities. Like Google has the engineering practicum, Microsoft has an Explorer program. And these are things that are targeted solely towards freshmen and sophomores. Um, and as more students are learning how to code in their high school years, um, there are actually even some high school interns. More companies, I would think, now um, are more open to younger interns. So,
0: mm-hmm. So tell us the process of finding and getting that internship, that first one.
1: Yeah, so that process for me um, took almost a year, I would say. Wow. So I... Yeah. Um, I mean, to get the one I wanted. So, you know, came in as a freshman and wasn't actually aware that we could get internships as freshmen. So once I started hanging around people who had kind of been through these, these things, um, upperclassmen, um, I realized that that's what I aspired to get that summer. Um, and so it was just, you know, going to the first career fair I went to, there wasn't much on my resume. So it was just getting a feel of the, you know, the process, um, and I went through multiple iterations on my resume until I felt it was a solid point. Um, and that's when I started, you know, just pushing it out there to anyone, any company applying for everything I saw online. Um, whenever there were recruiters on campus, I would go meet with them, talk to them, review my resume. Um, I was just kind of intentional and I just, you know, I figured that the more people I got to see my resume, the higher my chances were of having one response to me. Yeah. Um, it's a numbers
0: game. At the end of the day. Exactly.
1: It is yeah. a numbers game. And that's what I tell people because some people uh, focus on getting five companies. But if you apply to a 100 um, and not just applying online, um, it should never stop at applying online. You should always try and meet as many people face to face as possible. Um, and that's what I did. And I ended up getting a couple offers my freshman year. Um, and the offer I ended up going with, I got probably a month before my freshman year ended. So I got that in April um, and I accepted it to go to Intel that summer.
0: Wow. And so when you are iterating on your resume and having different people give you feedback on it, what were some lessons you learned on crafting a resume to get these opportunities?
1: Yeah. So one of the biggest things I learned was that before you should even, you know, go open your Word document, and start crafting your resume, you know, try and figure out who you are, what you bring to the table and own your story. So that's something I do every time I'm about to go and review and rewrite my resume is I just sit down with myself and I think, why should someone hire me? You know, what do I bring to the table? What are my skill sets? What are the things that make me unique? Um, And that's what you want to capitalize on. And that resume should be able to tell that story. You know, so work experiences, you know, put your work experience there and be able to tell the story of what you contributed to that. Um, So whether it was technical or non-technical. Um, so that I think that is the biggest learning I gathered from all the iterations that my resume went through. Um, and that's something I still practice today.
0: And I think that if you are new to programming, new to technology, in your case, just even new to college, that can be really, really hard because you don't have a volume of work to easily craft a narrative from. And so when you were going through that process and figuring out who you were and what your story was, where did you end up getting that data and what what was your story? Yeah, so my story
1: ended up being that I was a very creative and technical thinker. So I knew I had the potential, you know, I come from a, you know, I had been programming um, or doing some web development from a young age um, and I have a design background so, I knew I thought in both of those ways, and I knew that whether I was to be a software engineer or a program manager, that that was a resource um, that I could bring to the table. So, I try to capitalize on that on my resume. um the fact that I was both left and right brained. Um, and so you did bring up a good point about, you know, when people are starting off um, and they don't have much of a story to tell, um, what can they do? And so everyone always talks about personal projects, personal projects, and that's really what, these companies are really looking for if you don't have experience. And sometimes they, you know, personal projects can complement experience and sometimes they could substitute. So Mm. if you don't have the experience, I definitely recommend just spending like a weekend to build an app or a month building a project you're really passionate about.
0: One thing I've seen from a lot of people when I look at portfolios or resumes is that they talk a lot about what language they use, what framework they use, kind of the technical parts of the project, but they don't really talk about the problems they solved or the users they were designing for, or they don't really talk about the process. And my feeling is that, you know, if you've only done a handful of projects, I'm probably not going to be impressed or blown away by the tech that you used because you're new, right? You just, you don't, you don't have that much experience. There's the facts. But I can be interested and I can evaluate your potential by looking at the decisions you made and the process that you use. And have you found that to be true in your experience as well?
1: I think you said it perfectly. Um, You know, the technology and the specific, you know, I use Java to create this. That's just a means to the end, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to know about the process, you know, like you said, the decision making, um, the problem you're trying to solve and how you arrived at what you built. Um, So to me, that is a lot more captivating And I just spent the past two weeks reviewing resumes. And to me, you know, technology changes. You can, you know, I was a Java programmer and none of my internships um, use Java. So, Mm. you know, technology changes all the time. You will be thrown into um, situations where you're not using something you're familiar with. So I'm more concerned about what you're trying to achieve and how you overcame those things.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So your first internship was Intel, which is a pretty big first internship.
1: Yeah, it was. But um, surprisingly, um, at Intel, I was doing things I was really familiar with. Oh, great. I wasn't thrown into the fire. I was working on a team that worked on really great technology. I was on the chipset and SOC IP group. Um, So they build drivers. Um, And so that was very intimidating for me as a freshman. My only classes had been intro to programming and maybe data structures at this point. Um, But I was doing things, you know, I was doing a lot of front-end web development, you know, so that was my forte. So I felt really, really strong and I was able to grow in that area. Um, So it was a great stepping stone.
0: What did it feel like that first day at Intel? Oh, I was petrified.
1: (laughs) Um, I just knew they would find out that they hired the wrong person Mm -hmm. um, and that I wasn't supposed to be there and all the other things that go through your mind. But I was also very excited. Um, It was my first real job. Um, So I was excited to learn. I was excited to to grow. Um, A lot of things were very complicated and things went over my head for, I would say it took me like over a month to ramp up. Um, But I think that the excitement and the adrenaline drove me through the finish line. So,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine being absolutely terrified the night before and terrified the morning of and terrified the first day. So yeah, yeah, sounds
1: and terrified two months in. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did anything help you acclimate and kind of get into a rhythm and into the the groove of things?
1: Yeah. So I think at
0: every internship
1: um, I've ever done and anywhere I've ever worked, I always try to seek out mentors, whether formally or informally. And so what this looks like is that I started a company um, and I'm still getting my feet wet and I'm like, why not talk to the people who've been here, who understand this space, even if they don't work directly on my team, they might have some insight that would be valuable to me. So I do that everywhere I go. Um, and that's a practice I started when I was at Intel, um, just finding people who I could connect with who could give me some advice, whether it had to do with like how to send good emails to, you know, I'm about to push my first code review. What should I you know make sure to go over before I push out my first code review? Because that first code review is a very terrifying thing for an intern.
0: Yeah. Oh, what was it like for you?
1: It was just, I t- it took me a whole week after I had finished, you know, actually coding before I actually sent out the code review. Um wow. Just because I knew it would, <laughs> I just figured people would come back with like, this is horrible code, you know, this, this, and this. So I wanted to make sure it was perfect. Um, and I always say now that done is better than perfect and the code review is the opportunity to get it perfect. Um, but when you're new and you're trying to prove yourself it can be very intimidating to shoot out that first code review because that's the first time people are getting to see your code.
0: Yeah. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who haven't done their first code review before. What is it and how does that work?
1: Yeah, so basically a code review is just, you know, you have the problem you're trying to solve, you have, you know, a bug you're trying to fix. Um, So you write your code, it's done, and then a code review is an opportunity for you to send it out to your team to get it reviewed and get it approved before it is then, you know, Merge into master or your main branch and then push to production. So it's just that step so your team can see and review your code um, to make sure everything's good um, and then merge it with the rest of the code base.
0: Is it the kind of thing where, because I've seen it done where everyone kind of gathers in front of a screen and your code is up on the wall and you walk through it together. And I've seen the kind where you just send a message on Slack or whatever it is and say, hey, my code is ready to be reviewed.
1: Um, it depends where you work. I've never done the put it up on a screen. Um, yeah, that sounds like go- the,
0: the most terrifying idea
1: ever. It does, it does. <laughs> and I don't want to be there where people are going through my code line, line by line. Right. Um, it's always just been, you know, some software um, where you, you know, you've already submitted your code, you've already pushed it, um, and then people get notifications that, you know, you have this new code review, um, and if they're an approver or reviewer on it, um, they can go see it and then make their comments and make their um, suggestions, and then it goes back to you. So it's always been completely digital.
0: Okay, so you got there, you're terrified, you're two months in, you're still terrified, you're doing your code reviews. What does your day to day look like? Are you working alone, working with people? I
1: would say it was a good mixture of both. I had a great team dynamics. I was always working with my team, but um, I had complete ownership of what I was doing. So it didn't necessarily relate to things anyone else was doing on my team. So it was a, it was a good mix of both. I would say I interacted with my team half the day and then was working um, solo on my feature and my product the rest of the day.
0: It's really awesome that they trusted you know a, a college freshman in NCS in to have that level of ownership that's that's really great. Yeah, and they
1: gave me a lot of creative liberties, which um, I definitely took advantage of um, <laughs> and and then I ended up because I was able to. Own the creative of what I was building, um, it helped me exceed what their expectations were. Um, and then mm-hmm. I ended up doing the same thing for other teams. So, you know, I worked on my team, but, you know, I was helping other teams around Intel, so teams in Santa Clara and all over um, with their web presences.
0: What did you learn on the job that you were able to take? back into the classroom and take to your know, future internships and jobs
1: yeah so um, every internship I feel teaches me more than college hands down believe that to be a fact um, so uh, until it's t- I learned a lot of process I think that is the number one thing I learned um, whether it was the engineering life cycle you know the process of getting a website out there whatever it was um, it was just I think the big life lesson of that internship was process, and there's a different lesson from every internship i've done Um, for instance my internship at microsoft taught me a lot about testing and unit testing and the importance of it and i hadn't seen that at school so i was able to pick that up on the job and then the next semester i'm in a course um, where we're having to unit test and because i just spent the past summer doing that it was very easy and natural for me so
0: so i I love apprenticeships and internships. I think that there's so much that you can learn from being in that type of structured learning environment where you're still, hopefully you're still getting paid and, and you're you know, you're being compensated for your time and adding value to the company, but you're still very much focused on learning and growing as a person, as a developer. What did you get from your internship experiences that you could not have gotten from Just, you know, being a student or just from kind of doing your own testing or doing your own research on these topics? What was hard to replicate?
1: I would say number one is confidence. Um, Being in a work environment and doing internships gives you a lot of confidence as an engineer. And that's something I think a lot of engineers need and early engineers don't have. So doing personal projects doesn't give you the validation of your peers that you're writing great code and this makes sense and this works. Um, And then at school, you're getting validation from tests, but not in a software engineering, you're building something end-to-end type of way. So I think it just gave me confidence. You know, I can do this. I'm good at what I do. I understand this. I'm learning. I'm great at working in teams, things like that. Um, And I think that is something that's very unique to, you know, confidence and a lot of pride, too. So when you finish your internship, hopefully you worked on something great um, and it was pushed out to users and you can see and point to that. Um, and say I was able to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think that a big part of that confidence, it sounds like was also validating your skills because when you do a code review, someone looks at it and says, this is good enough to go live. You know, you, you have proof (laughs) that you know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. When do you know if you are ready for an internship?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um. And I kind of have the belief that if you are waiting to be ready, um, you're setting yourself back. So I think the point of internships is to get you ready for whatever is next. Um, So you never know. Like, I did not feel like I was ready for an internship my freshman year. Um, I felt like I was just now grasping maybe what recursion was was just understanding loops you know so if I had doubted myself and you know assumed that I wasn't ready yet because honestly I did not think I was um I would have never had that internship and I feel like people all you figure things out you know if you if you have a tough situation uh let's say you get to an internship and it's just over your head there are resources there you know there are support systems in place to help you overcome that so um I say once you once you feel like you're at a point in your life where an internship may or may not make sense, I say take the leap um, rather than just waiting to be at a point where you feel like you are 100% ready to be an engineer at some company. Um, just give yourself that shot.
0: And it might take, you know, many months or even a year to get it. So, you know, the sooner you start, by the time you actually get it, then you'll maybe feel like you're ready for it. Exactly. So you did a total of four internships. And it sounds like a lot of that was tied to the fact that you were in school for four years to get your CS degree. Did you need to do four internships? So if you could have you know, graduated in two years and done only two internships, would you have stopped sooner?
1: No. Um, I think my internships were actually the most fundamentally um, rewarding part of my college experience. And I think they shaped my college experience. I would have done five or six internships if I possibly could have. (laughs) Um, Internships are great. I would not have stopped at two. But you don't need four. You know, some people do one. Some people do two. Some people do none. Um, So it just depends on you. I wanted to get a lot of industry experience. um, And I wanted to try a lot of new things. So, for instance, the time when I did a spring and then summer internship, it's because Twitter and Microsoft were two very different companies. And I wanted to know what it felt like to be an engineer, both of them. So, You know, internships are the time where you just, it's like speed dating and you just do that. So your next
0: internship was at Microsoft or Twitter?
1: Microsoft. So sophomore year, I interned at Microsoft.
0: How was your first day at Microsoft compared to your first day at Intel? Yeah,
1: so my first day at Microsoft was, so I was an explorer at Microsoft, which is their like freshman, sophomore program. That program is completely geared towards having a good support system for underclassmen. So, you know, I did not feel, I wasn't as intimidated. I was a lot more excited than anything. And I'm working in a pod with two other interns. Um, so we were able to overcome things together. Um, so I think my first day was more exciting than anything.
0: And what did you end up doing and working on at Microsoft?
1: Yeah, so I worked on something I never would have thought I would be working on. Um, Beca- just because I was an experienced in that area, and that this kind of go ba- goes back to what we were just talking about. So I was working on the cloud team, so Azure, um, working on authentication. Um, so basically building the single sign-on and single logout APIs that other developers could leverage. Keep in mind, I'm a sophomore who has never touched anything related to cloud, related to authentication, Wow. related to building anything that someone else would leverage um so and i was you know coding in c-sharp so i had never done that either although it ended up being very similar to java so it was just a new territory um so that goes back so if i had you know maybe seen that job description um i would have not applied for it because i wouldn't have thought that i would i was experienced enough to you know get through it um, but it ended up being a phenomenal experience you know, finished the project early and was able to exceed expectations, things like that.
0: So knowing that you didn't have experience in the cloud, you didn't have experience working on any authentication features, and you did have experience with the language even, why do you think they picked you?
1: Yeah, so a lot of times companies hire for the person and the potential. And I think that's really, really true for Microsoft and especially true for that program. So it's not about hiring the person that knows, you know, oh, this person knows C sharp and they know how to work in the authentication and authorization space. Um, it's more this person can grow, this person can learn, um, and they're coachable, and you know they're smart. So I think I think
0: that's why I got hired. Um, so, okay, so you went from Microsoft to Twitter next. Yes which I'm really excited about because I really like Twitter. Twitter's pretty cool. What was it like to enter in there?
1: So working at Twitter, first of all, I was very excited because I am a power user of Twitter. Um, joined Twitter a couple of months, I would say, after they launched, so oh, early wow. 2007. Um, so I've been on Twitter, I would say, all of my functioning adultish life. Um, so getting to work on a product that I use all the time, and was such an integral part of my, you know, life experience, um, was great. And the first day at Twitter was very different than the first day anywhere else, because Twitter does this thing called flight school, where I forget how long it is, but it's basically a school for any new hire to get really, really ramped up on the culture of Twitter, you know, values, you know, things, dev, there's like engineering school. So you learn how to like, you know, use GitHub, Git and things like that. So um it was a good onboarding experience for me as a new hire.
0: So they have their own engineering school. What kinds of things did you learn there?
1: Yeah, so it's just giving a you know brief overview of what to expect, um, you know, how to access the code base, how to get your dev environment set up, how the process engineering process works at Twitter. Um, and I'm not sure if they do it differently now, but I know for me it was a very integral part of being able to feel like I was ramped up. And even, you know, after that, there's still a lot of ramping up to do. Every company's process is new and different, um, so you always are continuously learning. Um, But it was just, you know, a brief overview of how to be an engineer at Twitter.
0: What kinds of things did you learn and work on there that was different from your other two internships?
1: Yeah, so at Twitter, I... um, so I, came in, Twitter, I, ca- I joined Twitter when they were rewriting um, Twitter from Ruby to Scala. So I had never written Ruby oh. or Scala. Um, <laughs> I actually had never heard of Scala until I joined Twitter. And now I think Scala is great. Um, so I was part of that charter. So I was rewriting Twitter lists and other activity timelines um, from Ruby to Scala.
0: That was a, a pretty pivotal moment to be at Twitter in terms of, you know, the, the technical side of things.
1: It was. Um, and for a while, it was a little bit frustrating because just not having experience to either of them, it seemed like an impossible task to ask me. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, every internship comes with, you know, great support and I was able to lean on others um, and resources. So there are always classes going on, um, you know, there were classes going on at the company that I could leverage.
0: Oh, nice. So they have their own courses throughout the program to the help yep. of And
1: I, yep. And I also got to redesign um, the twitter.com homepage. So that was very exciting.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, because when I'm thinking about a project as big as going from Ruby on Rails to Scala, that seems like something that, you know, if, if I had a company, I would want like only the most senior people who know what they're doing to ever touch. What does that trust, that sense of responsibility, what does that look like from the you know managerial perspective to working with interns, yeah,
1: so it comes back to what I say about I think the greatest things about internships is that they give you confidence because to get that kind of trust from your manager and your team like, hey, we're gonna hand you you know sophomore in college, we're gonna hand you this huge task um it's it's big, it's really big, um and so from the the perspective of my manager, it was just giving me this assignment and, you know, being a resource that I could tap into whenever I needed. Um, and the te- the entire team was that for me um, and even broader than my team. So people were just there to support and help um, and provide insight when needed. Um, but for the most part, it was just me, you know, figuring out how to figure things out, if that makes any <laughs> sense. So.
0: Yes. Yes. I feel like your research and Google skills are are top notch at this point. Stack Overflow is great. Yeah. (laughs) So once you finished at Twitter, you went back to Microsoft, is that right? Yes. Awesome. So what led you back there? Why not do a a whole other new fourth company?
1: Yeah, so I went back to Microsoft to do a program management internship. And this was my first of the sort. So I had done software engineering internships, um, but I really wanted to see what, program management was like Um, and Microsoft is a great company to find that out so that's why I returned to Microsoft. Um, I went to a completely different team so I went from working on the cloud and all this authentication stuff to working on devices and I was working on windows.
0: Did you end up liking the program management part more than the actual coding part?
1: No I can't say I like one more than the other. Um, I'm a program manager at Microsoft now but that does not mean I don't code in my day-to-day life. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily divorce the two. I mean, they're a little bit different, um, but program management, especially at Microsoft, is an integral part of our engineering process and it's part of the engineering team. So at Microsoft, program managers are engineers. Um, so I, I don't necessarily divorce the two or say, can say I like one more than the other. I love being a program manager because I get to look at things from the big picture. Um, and I get to be part of that front ideation, brainstorming um, part. So it uses a lot of my creative side, um, but then technical implementation and things like that as we push the feature out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. yeah, I've, I really enjoy um, the the program management part as well, because I, I did that um at at Microsoft for a bit. and i I like the focus on process and breaking it down and kind of being able to have a, a more high level overview of things and being able to because I feel like when I code a lot I'm I spend a lot of time in the weeds right mm-hmm. every line of code is my responsibility every feature and so being able to kind of take a step back and focus on the big picture is it's really refreshing exactly so you ended up doing if we kind of put them back to back about a year's worth of internships throughout your college experience that sound about right Sounds right. Yeah, which is awesome from a learning perspective. But I'm thinking about all the code newbies who have families and responsibilities and jobs and lots of other things who would love to have this structured learning environment, but who can't quite take a full year to to do that, right? Because that comes with not a great sense of stability and pay and all these other um, all these other things with it. And I'm wondering what advice do you have for people who aren't in college who are looking to transition and who are really curious and interested in this idea of tech internships?
1: Yeah, so now there are a lot of opportunities for, I would say, quote unquote, untraditional computer scientists, aka people who did not go and get a formal bachelor's degree in computer science to have access to these internships um, and other things. And it doesn't need to be a year. So whether it's a two month, three month internship, that still gives you a lot of experience in working as an engineer at that company. Um, And I think that's sufficient. You know, like I said, there are people who graduate from a four year college with no internships or with one internship. So that's zero to three months of, you know, actual software engineer work experience. So I think that's an option. And if anyone gets that opportunity, I think they should jump, you know, go for it. And another thing that they could also do is just work in a team environment with other people. So whether that's other people who are currently also on the journey to learning how to code, build something together, you know, start a mini company, you know, build an app, whatever it is, um, that still gives that sort of experience um, and it could lead to something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. One of the things that I always worry about when I think about internships for people who Already kind of past college and already have jobs and families, is I've, I've seen some internships that are called internships, but really they're just a regular dev job at a very high pay cut, and so I'm wondering, you know, you having done four of them, what are some good ways to vet internships so that it's not just you know, doing a ton of work for very little pay, but it's actually a learning structured environment for you to get a lot of value as a student and ideally for the company to get some value from your work too.
1: Yeah, so I would say if someone is very intentional um, during their application recruiting process, and by that I mean that they are reaching out to every possible company that they would think they might want to work at, um, then they have a higher chance of landing what they actually want. So an interview should always go both ways. It's them interviewing you and you interviewing them to see if that's the kind of company you want to work at. So if I throw my resume out to 200 companies and get maybe, I don't know, 10 interviews, um, this is obviously a weird ratio there, but um, (laughs) get, get 10 interviews, you know, that's me interviewing 10 companies and seeing which one of those companies would help me grow the most um, and would be the greatest reward. So that is my advice. You know, it's, That's unfortunate and unfair that there are some situations where, you know, they're basically just having you do all this work for very little pay. Um, But I I just have the belief that there's another opportunity out there Mm -hmm. um, as well.
0: Yeah. When you interview companies, what kinds of questions do you ask?
1: Yeah. So it depends on what you need. Right. So I know for myself, I'm really, really big on the culture of that company and how the teams work. Um, and the company's values and things like that. So that's always the kind of questions I'm asking. Um, I always ask interviewers, you know, why they are at the company they work at, where do they see themselves in five years, where do they see the company in five years, things like that, just to understand how I would fit in, you know, the company and whether I could see myself um, fitting into the culture of the company, so... Those are the things that are important to me. So those are the things I make sure to ask.
0: Yeah. And I think that what happens when, especially when you, you just, you know, want an opportunity so, so bad and you want to get that first job, that first internship, you feel almost like you don't have the right to ask questions, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of feel like you're so lucky that this company is even interested in you and you're just, you, you're so fortunate to even be there that you Forget that you have something to offer, too.
1: Yep. I would say always ask questions. I mean, you know, you never want to seem very entitled, but there's always there's a good way to balance that. And there's a good way to ask questions out of genuine interest um, Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. entitlement.
0: Yeah, one, um, there was a a person who I, I was a reference for, and the company called me. And the only criticism they had about this person was, you know, they, they sound really great, but they didn't ask any questions. And, yeah. you know, I, and, and, and to me, like, that was that was a first I'd never heard of a company kind of complain about or, or show um some reservations based on that one thing. But it was really eye opening to me. Because, you know, I, obviously I love asking questions. That's why I do the Code to Me podcast. But, yeah, that showing – you get to show interest by asking really good, thoughtful questions. So the more you can exactly. do that, the more that says about you. Exactly. So when do you know that you are done with internships and you are ready for a real job? So similar answer as what we – Kind of
1: discussed before in terms of when do you know when you're even ready for an internship but it's person to person so when you feel like you can whatever you're doing in your internship if you would be able to completely own that would you be comfortable um at that point if the answer is yes at that point I would say that you're ready for me that readiness was kind of forced it wasn't a question because I graduated from college um mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know there were no more internships it's time to quote unquote, being an adult. Um, so there wasn't a choice in the matter. But I would say for anyone who is interning to kind of get their chops up and their skills up, when, if you feel like you're contributing to the team, you're making impact, and you'd be able to take responsibility of what you currently you know are working on, um, then you're probably ready for a full-time role.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Do you have any final words of advice for people who are looking at internships or apprenticeships and looking to get some real world experience to level up?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I think the way I got most of my internships was I talked about, you know, making that connection face to face, um, networking, leveraging your network. Um, I, I would say in college, I was a networking champ. I was always everywhere meeting everyone, um, And, you know, maybe that doesn't work for you if you're introverted. So pace it depending on the type of person you are. Um, But just always like, you know, they always say it's about who you know. um, And that's the way to get a lot of doors and untraditional doors, I would say, open for you. So if a company doesn't do a certain thing or they don't have um, a certain internship for, you know, a certain type of person. So let's say it's a company that only hires juniors and seniors and, you know, you're a freshman. How do you get that door to be open, you know? And that's by making a connection with someone. So I'd say, you know, always network. You know, applying online is not enough. And I really always try to capitalize on this point. It's really not. You want to make as many connections, real personal connections, as you possibly can. Um, because, like I also said, um, a lot of companies hire for the person. So it's really, really important that they get to know the person.
0: Nice. So next, let's move on to some fill-in-the-blanks. Number one, worst advice I've ever received is?
1: The worst advice I've ever received is um, my freshman professor telling me to switch out of computer science. Really? Yeah. Um, he Ooh. said he didn't think I would make it. Oh, um, my goodness.
0: Can you say that to a student?
1: I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, you can give them. And it actually happens way too often. Um And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of kids who switch out of computer science. Freshman and sophomore year of, you know, a computer science bachelor's degree is really, really tough. Um, So when you're influenced by professors or TAs or other students telling you that, you know, they doubt your skills and whether you'll be able to make it to graduation, um, a lot of people do switch out. So that professor was just, you know, it was first month of college um, and we were just going over our previous test. And he was like, you know, a lot of people do computer science for the money. And if that's why you're in this, you know, I don't know if you'll make it, you know, this, this and that. And so he was just, you know, giving his observations off of one test that we took. Um, but, you know, that was not a good indicator um, in any way of whether I would succeed at this or not. Clearly. Um, and, <laughs> exactly. You know, and end of graduating, graduating with honors and things like that. Um, and it's just interesting to look back at that you know, and I did let doubt be a, you know, a motivator for me. Um, so worst advice for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Number two, my first coding project was about,
1: I would say biggest coding, first biggest coding project was building that resource site, um, when I lived in Neopets land. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and it was a strong, it was web development primarily. I was using HTML, CSS and JavaScript. Um, but that was my first coding project. Start small.
0: Nice. Number 3. One thing I wish I knew when I first started to code is
1: one thing I wish I knew. Um I'm actually going to pretend I started to code in college to answer this <laughs> okay, question. Deal. So one deal. thing I one thing I wish I knew when I started college um was GitHub. Um and now I feel like everyone knows that. But Actually no, I still meet people who are in college and juniors who don't know what GitHub is.
0: Really? Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, and I didn't Where do know they e- put their code? Well, so it depends, you know, if they've never needed to put their code anywhere, right? So mm, it just really true. depends yeah. on it really just depends on how you learn and you know, not by how you learn in terms of like how you're learning how to code. So if you're in a formal academic environment, that doesn't require you to ever put your code anywhere. You would never have needed to use GitHub, but you know, let's say you are in a dev bootcamp or in an online course, then you're probably using GitHub a lot. So, yeah, wish I had known what GitHub is and you know how to contribute to open source projects, because um, that's not something that's you know easily readily available information. Um, or it wasn't for me as a freshman. I didn't know who to talk to to find out about open source.
0: Mm-hmm. So how did you end up learning about it?
1: Um, it? It was through, like, you know, I remember attending a conference and going to an open source workshop and just taking all the notes I could possibly take because it was the first time anyone had ever, like, described um, what open source was and how it worked. Um, so that was my, you know, first intro. Um, and then just making more friends who were in tech and were developers really helped with that. So
0: Nice. So next, let's do some shout outs. Do you have a couple for us? I do.
1: Um, so my shout outs would be, if you're interested in learning Swift or iOS development, I would highly recommend Stanford's course. Um, the professor is great. And I think it's such a good introduction in, into how to build apps for iPhone. Um, and on the Android side, I just finished CodePath's Android Bootcamp. Um, would highly recommend it. I feel like an Android, you know, I don't know, quote unquote ninja um, after it. (laughs) So I would highly recommend that. And that's CodePath.com. And then, you know, we talked a lot about internships and interviewing. And I think some resources that were really helpful for me um, when I was preparing for interviews were Programming Interviews Exposed. um, That's a book. And Cracking the Coding Interview. Um, So if you don't have either one of those, I would recommend getting it. And going through it before um, you step into your first interview, um, for me, they were really, really important pieces.
0: Awesome. Those are some good shout outs. So I have a couple of my own. Uh, One is a really great article on internships and new grad offers in tech. And I think most of the information here is based on developer internships I think I'm not sure if it's entirely developer but uh, it's really interesting it talks about the average intern offers in terms of base salary in terms of stipend uh apparently you get you can get you know housing cover and a bunch of other things too and it talks about the top 10 salaries for tech internships and it's kind of a lot of money it's 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 a good chunk of change uh it's you know thousands a month. On average. And so it's, it's just very fascinating to learn about the industry and the economics behind the tech internships. So definitely check that out if you're curious. There's also an accompanying spreadsheet that just lists all the company names and the positions and the location, base salary. There's even signing bonuses for tech internship, internships, which I found very interesting. And there are hundreds of companies listed on here with numbers and all that. So definitely check that out. Uh, and then the last one is a really great article I appreciated from Paul Ford called Technology Internship Salaries Considered. And it is a response and explanation to kind of the the surprise that tech internships pay so much. And it basically is Paul, uh, I think through someone else, describing the reason, the surprisingly very logical reason why tech interns get paid so much and what the justification is for that. And it's, it's just very interesting to learn more about the business side of things. So if you're curious about that, uh, definitely check that out and we'll have all those links in the show notes. If you want to join the conversation, you can join us on Code Newbie Discourse, our online forum for people excited about code, or you can chat with us every week on the Code Newbie Twitter chat. Just search for hashtag Code Newbie and tweet with us every Wednesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can learn more about that as well as show notes on this episode at codenewbie.org slash podcast. If there's a topic you want to hear about or a guest you want to hear from, send us an email, hello at Thank you, Dara, so much for joining us. You want to say goodbye?
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was great to have this chat about internships.